Welcome to the Thrive Church Weekly Podcast. We pray that you will be blessed and encouraged by this message today. Thanks for tuning in. Well, this is my uh, second week back uh, to Thrive, and I never would have thought we'd be in front of a camera again this uh, this soon. But it's really amazing to be able to be able to connect with you this way. And so I'm going to be just um, spending a few minutes bringing the the word to you this morning. Uh, just a couple of weeks ago, Deb and I were uh, walking up the beach um, in Ahopi, which is just out of Fakatane. And as we walked up the beach, we had this moment. It seemed like where God just interrupted us and we were in this beautiful setting and just uh, enjoying each other's company and suddenly we were just really aware that God was with us and really present at this time. And in, in Psalm 42 verse 1 it says, As a deer longs for streams of water, so my soul longs for you, O God. You know, we've been created body, soul, and spirit. We're triune beings. There are three different parts of who we are. And there's this thirst in all of our souls and our spirit that actually only God can truly quench and only He can truly fulfill. And so we're on the beach in this moment, right? And we both realize that that we just needed to stop and honor the presence of God, that this was like his spirit to our spirit kind of moment. And it's felt just suddenly like we were on holy ground. And we actually both ended up on our knees in prayer, weeping. And um, we personally just revisited this place of surrender with our whole lives given over to Jesus Christ. And in that moment, we just felt such a, a depth of God's heart for New Zealand and his people. <laughs> there was a sense um, that he was inviting us to engage with his spirit and his cause for this nation. And we, you know, we were in prayer and we just prayed that God would grant us the courage, as like we all pray that God would give us courage, but that he would give us courage to do our part um, in, in our voice and in our actions uh, with our lives in this nation. Uh, and, and we specifically felt like the, the spirit of reconciliation was, was going to move powerfully as well. Um, and so while we're on, this, on the beach in this moment, I was actually reminded of an experience I'd had years and years ago when I was in a car with Chris Diath. We were driving from Wellington to Hastings and I was sitting in the passenger seat and I was overcome with this burden of prayer for our nation. And it basically ended up looking like me um, doubled over. I was weeping for about three hours as the father shared his heart um, of love for his people. So then back on a Hopi beat, Deb and I um, actually put this stake in the sand, um, this very piece of wood actually, in that moment. I'd been carrying this piece of driftwood at that time and, and we thought let's put this in the sand as a prophetic act and in doing that we were saying yes to the life and the miraculous flow of Jesus Christ in our nation. You know Romans 4.17 says this, that he gives life to the dead and calls into being things that do not exist. He gives life to the dead and he calls into being things that do not exist. You know, this is Jesus 
Christ. He's not a religion. He is a relationship. He is the one. He is the way, the truth, and the life. And when we did this, we were saying yes to things that did not exist. We were saying yes to miracles. We were saying yes to healing. We were saying yes to His voice having preeminence in this nation again. And of course, we were saying yes to His radical love hitting the hearts of the people in this nation. I just want to pray just as we get into the word today. Father, we just thank you that your word says that those who call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. And, you know, whether we've done that a thousand times or a hundred times or whether we're doing that or going to do that for the first time today, we thank you, Jesus, that as we give our lives to you, you do new things in our heart, things that have never existed before you bring to life. And so we just give this time to you this morning in Jesus name. Amen. Hey, I just want to jump into the Bible. Um, this week, I've, um, I've been reading through the whole Bible. I'm up to the New Testament. It's very exciting for me. And I was uh, reading through the book of Matthew and up to specifically Matthew chapter 26 earlier this week um, in my reading time. And the word I want to share with you this morning just dropped into my spirit in that moment. And so if you've got your Bible, you can go to Matthew tw- uh, 26. And, and this is actually a really intense portion of Scripture, the, the setting is the Garden of Gethsemane. And in this moment, this um, this chapter gives us a window into what happens the night that Jesus is taken captive before his crucifixion. So I'm just going to jump through some of the big moments in this chapter, starting at verse 38. Um, it says this, Jesus said to Peter and the sons of Zebedee, My soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch with me. Going a little further, he fell with his face to the ground and prayed, My father, if it's possible, may this cup be taken from me, yet not as I will, but as you will. Then he returned to his disciples and he found them sleeping. And he said, Couldn't you men keep watch with me for one hour? He asked Peter. Watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. He went away a second time and prayed and then he came back and he found them sleeping and he went away once more and prayed the third time and saying the same thing. And then when he returned to his disciples and said to them, are you still sleeping and resting? Look, the hour has come and the Son of Man is delivered into the hands of sinners. Rise, let's go. Here come my my betrayers. And while he was still speaking, Judas, one of the twelve, arrived. Then the men stepped forward and seized Jesus and arrested him. With that, one of Jesus' companions reached for his sword, drew it out, struck the servant of the high priest, priest, cutting off his ear. And that was Peter. Put your sword back in its place, Jesus said to him, for all who draw the sword will die by the sword. Then all the disciples deserted him and fled. So I said it was an intense piece of scripture, right? And as we read this chapter, we're drawn to Jesus as, you know, alone he prays and he wrestles with this cup that he'd been given to drink by the Father. And, you know, he said, not my will, but your will be done, Father. And in the book of Luke, it says that in these agonizing moments that he sweated drops of blood. 
But while he was in this dark place, he was also asking those close to him, his disciples, to come and to pray with him. To Peter, he said, couldn't you men keep watch with me for one hour? Watch and pray so that you do not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. So, you know, as Jesus is urging them to come and pray, we've got to see that the disciples actually had a significant contribution to make in the darkness of the night. But they didn't stay awake, and so they fell into temptation. And I believe that Jesus is asking them to awaken to the fact that they were in a spiritual war, that they needed to stand with him and to pray that their response on the other side of this night would be in step with the Father's will for their lives. So you say they fall into temptation. How do you know that they fell into temptation? And I believe we can see this play out when Judas and the Romans arrived to take Jesus into custody. At their, and at this, this point, um, their faith... And essentially their relationship with Jesus was tested. Now we've got to remember that Satan had entered into Judas in the Last Supper. You could read back a couple of chapters in Matthew and see that happen. So his arrival on the scene was a moment of spiritual confrontation between good and evil, between Jesus, his followers, and the agenda of the enemy. And the big thought here is, I believe, is that what would have happened if the disciples had stayed awake, prayed, and kept watch with Jesus? Today, my message is just simply called Keep Watch with Jesus, because I believe that in this hour, at this time, our vision for prayer needs to be dialed up, that the sound of prayer would be heard from our church like never before, from our families, uh, from our nation like never before. And when we look at the reaction of the disciples in this moment, when they were confronted by the enemy, we can see three outcomes of their failure to keep watch with Jesus. The first thing that happened was that Peter cut off a guard's ear. And, and instead of responding as Jesus did, he, re, he reacted with aggression to the situation. He was out of tune with the will of the Father. He tried fighting fire with fire. The second thing that happened that was that all the disciples fled the scene. <laughs> Their courage failed them and fear overwhelmed them. And, and, and Peter, he'd already tried fight mode. So now it was time to run away. The third thing uh, that happened was that Peter denied Christ. He basically diminished his relationship with Jesus to preserve his own life. And his priority became self-preservation. But what would have happened if they had prayed in the night. See, Jesus had these words just hours before that they didn't respond to. Watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. You know, friends, temptation doesn't always look like the obvious things, sex, drugs, hate, gossip. You know, that night, temptation for the disciples looked like snuggling down, going to sleep instead of keeping watch with Jesus. And Jesus was calling them out not to be dominated by the weakness of their flesh. You know, Jude 
1 verse 20 says this. It says to pray in the power of the Holy Spirit. Man, I love those words, to pray in the power of the Holy Spirit. And I want to remind you today that prayer gives life and leadership to the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Zechariah 4 verse 6 says this, Not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord Almighty. So look, today, I kind of want to get a little bit in your face, I guess, and I want to call your spirit's the spiritual part of you into the leadership role over your life, over your circumstances, over how things may look on the outside. I want to tell you that God wants to show you a different perspective that only He can show you by the power of the Spirit. You know, we love these verses in Isaiah 60, verse 1 and 2. It says, Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord rises on you. See, darkness covers the earth and thick darkness is over his people. But the Lord rises upon you and his glory appears over you. You know, there's no doubt about it. Sure, there is darkness in this hour. But in the context of that darkness, Isaiah 60 says that the Lord's light is rising over our lives. I want to encourage you to put a stake in the ground today for his light rising. That our nation would receive the prayers of the saints. Church, let's keep watch with Jesus. Let's just keep watch and see what He is doing in our world. Let's watch what He's doing in the Bible. Let's watch what He's doing, you know, with our words. Let's watch our words with Jesus. Let's watch our hearts with Jesus. Let's watch our families with Jesus. Let's watch our nation with Jesus. I just simply, I just have such a sense simply that we are called to pray at this time to draw aside with Jesus like we never have. You know, Martin Luther said these powerful words, to be a Christian without prayer is no more possible than to be alive without breathing. To be a Christian without prayer is no more possible than to be alive without breathing. This week, um, we're going to release to the church a weekly prayer calendar. And this is actually something that I've been personally developing for the last few months for my own prayer life. And I just... I want to share it with you. I want to give you some tools to help you pray, to develop a bit of a prayer rhythm. This um, routine is full of declarations and specific focuses for each day. And so we're hoping to get that out to you this week. You know, before I finish today, I just want to take another moment, I guess, to, to pray with you and and I shared that scripture earlier that those who call on the name of the Lord will be saved and if you're in a place this morning where you just realize again that you just need his name you just need the name of Jesus to take preeminence over your life Um, I want to encourage you to call on the name of Jesus you know being in a place of surrender to him is the safest place that you could ever be with your life He's got your eternity in, in his mind. He's got, your, he's got your tomorrow in his hands. And he wants the fullness of our heart. So if you want to call on his name today for yourself, for others, for your family, I want to encourage you maybe just to put your hand on your heart or you could stand in this moment and let me just pray for you. Jesus, 
we just draw close to you. We welcome your presence and your power in our lives. We pray that you would lead us from the temptation to ignore the importance of this moment. We pray that you would lead us from distractions and into the fullness of what it means to be with you, to see life through your vision and through your spirit. We, we want to engage in relationship in new and deeper ways. And we thank you, Father, that you are doing new things in our lives that we could never hope or we could never understand or imagine, Jesus. We thank you. You are a good God. And we pray also that you would give us a heart to intercede for this nation, perhaps like we have never before. Amen. Well, the last thing that I want to do before Debbie comes back up is um, I just, uh, as I was just praying about the service, I just had, um, I just have a real sense that God wants to bring some specific healings to some people who are watching this morning. Um, I saw uh, the healing of a cyst in someone's arm, specifically, like whether you got a, you could take that if you've got a cyst somewhere else in your body, but I saw a cyst on an arm being healed. I saw the clearing of lungs as well um, as I was praying, and so I'm just believing for your lungs to be healed for asthma for maybe that's asthma and then that could be um, healed as well I also saw an ankle injury as well with uh, with the spirit of the Lord touching uh, that 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 ankle so if you need healing actually in any part of your body I want to encourage you right now just to put your hand on that affected area and we're going to agree for healing and the power of the Holy Spirit to touch you right now so right now uh, I declare in Jesus name be healed we thank you for the spirit of healing and the gift of healing. We receive the gift of healing for every body, injury, sickness, inflammation, virus or allergy. In Jesus' name, be healed. Thanks again for tuning in to the Thrive Church weekly podcast. Stay up to date with everything that is happening by following.